Hello and welcome to this very special interview edition of the Ringside Rant coming right at you this week. This is the man with the magical voice, RJ, with you. I had the honor of sitting down with the podfather himself from adfreeshows.com, Conrad Thompson. He returns to the show with so many new things we chatted about, all the additions to ad-free shows, as well as we chat about his collection of belts and other wrestling memorabilia. We also talk about what's coming up Labor Day weekend for Top Guy weekend, as well as All In for AEW. And we also touch on what could possibly be coming up down the road. Maybe some rumor and innuendos, mind you. But anyways... Go over and visit adfreeshows.com. See what's over there. I guarantee you, you're absolutely going to love what they put out. Starts at $9 a month. You can't go anywhere and get this great content for $9 a month. You can't even get a cup of coffee nowadays for $9 sometimes. But head over there, visit them at adfreeshows.com. Also visit them at adfreeshows on Twitter and follow him as well at Conrad. While you're there, follow us on social media at underscore Ringside Rant on Instagram and Twitter. Head over to ringsiderant.whatforapparel.com and check out the great, great merchandise. We just put out a great new Halloween Havoc-themed T-shirt, so check that out. Thank you so much. The interview is just right around the corner. So thank you, and welcome to Ranters Nation. Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Welcome to this bonus edition of the Ringside Rant. I have the esteemed honor of having the podfather himself on the show, returning, that is. He's the one, he's the only Mr. Conrad Thompson. Conrad, what's up, man? I'm good, dude. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, outside of this uh, wet weather we've been having up north, like we talked about before we hit record, but it's just living the dream, man. Just one day at a time. Well, that's great, man. I'm excited to be on the show here and uh, looking forward to having a good time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was about uh, about two years ago. I had you on the first uh, when I came back. I went on a little hiatus, just family stuff and uh, my grandfather passed away about two years ago and, uh, he's like, dude, he, before I, I even start, he's like, just do what you love, man. And, uh, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go, go back and hit the ground running, had you on and, uh, haven't looked back. So, and that was probably, let's see at this point, it was another about 114 episodes ago. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, listen, yeah. that's what it's about. It's about having fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's, uh, wrestling man it's just it's it's weird uh weird how every, everybody comes together uh and especially with uh with ad free shows man i have to uh, really give you and your team a lot of props for that because since we last talked uh which was about the spring of 2020 is when ad free shows came on i came we talked briefly before that um you added a laundry list of legends hall of famers uh, just great people, uh, being Arn, 
Aaron Anderson, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Mike Chioda, Gerald Briscoe, and yes, even Rebel, who's happy hours in a matter uh, number of hours here on the East Coast. But uh, I, what's the trick, man? <laughs> you get all these great people in here. You know, you uh, let people be themselves. You, uh, you know, I'm I'm I've always been looking for opportunities to sort of you know, grow what we're doing. And the way to do that is to just add more legends. And, uh, it usually starts with a simple conversation and, uh, and my big way to start all of those is usually hypothetically, uh, and then we'll, uh, figure out what sort of time commitment and then we'll attach a dollar value to it. And then I just cut them loose. You know, we don't micromanage anybody, let everybody sort of do their own thing. And I'm happy to tell you that I've got, uh, two more coming your way and we're going to be joining us sooner rather than later over at adfreeshows.com. Well, there you go. Let the, uh, let the rumor and innuendo start flying on the Twitter gimmick. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, I joined, became a top guy about November of last year. And I just, I just keep on telling people, I said, this is the best. 9900 bucks whatever it i hate to put a price value on it because it to me anyway it's priceless because when you get to sit down with uh like guys with yourself like yourself or like kurt or arn or tony or whomever and just have that one one-on-one interaction because you go back to when like you and i are 10 12 13 whatever how old you were when you started and you just get the interaction it's on it's unreal it's unmatchable with any other patreon uh, group that i've seen well i appreciate you saying that you know that's really what we're looking to do is is try to find a way to uh, give everybody you know two hundred dollars worth of value and ask for ninety nine dollars and of course it's not ninety nine dollars for everybody there's different levels it starts at just nine dollars a month and through uh, a lot of hard work and a lot of luck we've managed to grow i I believe the largest wrestling community on patreon and and we're pretty proud of that yeah and just to go off of that is just the fact that to me, it's just not more so with the top guys uh, and gals. Of course, there's a few, few of them anyways. Uh, it's more of a family because if it wasn't for like AAFS, I wouldn't have a lot of the guys, friends out there that I have now that I can shoot ideas off of for the show or questions. Hey, if, if I did this hypothetically, would you listen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Of course. And that's just it, it. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. So, um, so those of the listeners that are listening now, that listen to your shows, uh, more importantly, I believe it was Tony's show. Uh, you came home to a su- surprise, I guess we could say. Oh Lord. <laughs> uh, is the DNA test back? And if so, uh, what is the result? If you can, if you can comment. Well, we're going to have uh, Megan make a, her very first WHW appearance very, very soon to go ahead and discuss what her findings were. Uh, but the snot thickens. We were hit with a legal letter this past week uh, on the upcoming episode. We, um, we hear from Dave Silva and then it takes a nasty turn where unfortunately it's become a legal matter now. Uh, off the record, I have continued the research with, uh, a candid interview with Mr. Cassio kid. Uh, but I cut it short of any great detail because we're going to have him on the show. And I even saw his wife, big booty Judy chirping that 
She has a theory. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks here. We're calling it hashtag who dung it. So we'll see what happens, man. But yeah, I came home after a week long vacation in Florida. I had let two of my supposed best friends go ahead and uh, swim at the house here. And well, someone took a dump on the floor, man. So we're going to get to the bottom of it. Cause that's uh that's a party foul. Well, I it's come on, man. You just can't let that happen. Uh, but, uh, it's more of like an AFS, uh, wrestlers court aspect of it where you bring all really, these. Yes. That's exactly what we're looking for. It, that wasn't the original intent. I thought we would just have an honest conversation and someone would own up, but it hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I don't get how somebody can come into somebody else's home and, uh, do do where you not supposed to, I guess we could say. I, I totally agree. And I'm glad you're on my side. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, who dung it pools, uh, brackets, uh, what have you, on uh, who who people think. Um, and I think the the truth will will come out sooner or later. I hope so, man. I'm hoping to get to the bottom of it. You know, I, I think my wife deserves better. If I'm honest. Well, of course you you can't come home to that stuff, man. You can't. Uh, but on a later note, anyways, we got uh, Top Guy Weekend coming up here in uh, a couple months in Chicago in September. Uh, definitely looking forward to it, man. Uh, when we talked before we hit record, uh, making the 10-hour trip from, from here in Rochester out to Chicago. Wouldn't, wouldn't miss it for the world. Uh, what, uh, is there anything that uh, us Top Guys can, outside of the great fun, obviously, can expect from this uh from this weekend well i mean i think it's just going to be you know really a celebration that we're all able to get out and do stuff uh when we started this whole concept of ad free shows it was pre-pandemic and we just sort of assumed we would get to do the get together here in huntsville like we did for tony shivani's patreon a few years ago i guess it was 18 no it was 19 okay. and so we expected we would be able to do that again in 20 uh, and we kind of imagined that it would be two separate experiences, but then obviously the pandemic happened and then it became a little dicey of when or would or could or should. And even now I'm a little nervous since everybody's talking about this Delta variant and there's more cases. And what I don't want to do is turn a great idea and a great experience into a nightmare scenario, because I actually lived through that. I took my family to the beach this past January. Uh, we had been socially distanced. It was only our family. And, you know, literally it was my mom and dad and sister, my wife and I, and uh, our two girls. And I rented a house on the beach. We weren't staying in a condo. There was no common areas with other people. It's literally an Airbnb on the beach. And I'll be darned if somewhere on the way down, my mom didn't catch coronavirus. And over the course of that week, we all got it from my mom. And mm. so, you know, that beach trip, we just refer to it as the COVID beach house. And normally we would try to go a couple of times, you know, during the winter and a few times during the summer. And, and that has not been our experience this time. And it was all because of how, I don't want to say traumatic, but uh, it was just, it was not a good time. And so I'm trying to avoid that for folks who are coming from really all over the world for this experience. So we, we just hit pause on all of that scheduling and planning, but then when it was, Hey, 
fans are back in crowds and, and, and wrestling is different again. And, uh, I, I've actually been traveling a little bit and unfortunately I can't believe I, I didn't miss it at all. I've been on a few planes. I flew to Mexico and flew to Baltimore and flew to Vegas. And so I thought, okay, it's time. So we announced the big top guy weekend just to really coincide with all of the, all of what AEW was doing, because rather than just come to Huntsville and just hang out here and see some more wrestling belts. What if we piggybacked the AEW event where we would normally have Starcast and even use the actual Starcast hotel and got a block of rooms and use that giant uh, ballroom to just sort of claim as our own. And that worked, man. So, uh, we, we locked down the hotel cause I already had a hold on it thinking maybe once upon a time we were going to do a star cast, but I wasn't quite ready to do that. Uh, given the fact that I didn't know how I could handle, you know, three or four or five or six or 7,000 people comfortably, uh, given all that's happening in the world and it just worked out right time, right place. And I think we've got some fun surprises lined up. You know, it's, it is going to be different for sure. Uh, because there's going to be way more quote unquote wrestling personalities. You know, the only time we've done something like this has been when it was really just Tony Schiavone and we had a few surprises, but at this thing, I mean, you're going to have Eric Bischoff. You're going to have Jeff Jarrett. You're going to have Jim Ross. You're going to have Tony Schiavone. You're going to have Arn Anderson. I mean, this is going to be a who's who, and it just so happens to be AEW weekend. So you never know who is going to stop by. Well, I do, but (laughs) it's going to be fun. And I'm sure we'll have a a couple of meals brought in. And I I think, unfortunately, you know, it's going to be, um, cause we didn't know the full schedule of absolutely everything, but there is going to be some, uh, tough choices that some of our fans have, some of our supporters have to make because dynamite is happening there in Chicago. So I'm sure a lot of folks are going to want to say, listen, I, I love the shows, but man, the go home show for one of the biggest shows of the year, is right up the road. I want to go check that out and come back. So we're going to keep Friday night going late, uh, and, and, and even have the, the party going after dynamite is over, or I guess it's called rampage Friday night rampage. Either way, the point is Friday night is going to be a blast, but Saturday man is going to be an all day affair. And, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think we'll have a, a, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, uh, was a couple, maybe a week or two ago when, uh, the all out tickets went on sale i got in touch with a couple top other top guys look i got i'm like i'm working all day can you can you see if you can grab me a couple tickets if possible and i'm like cool and as soon as they said yeah they're sold out already i'm like wait what (laughs) i'm like these tickets don't they don't last long that and that and it's good to see that you know the wrestling business uh in general is doing well. We saw fans come back this past week uh, with the WWE at SmackDown. We're going to see it uh, tonight as we're recording with uh, the pay-per-view and then obviously Monday with raw, uh, but it's just great to see where everybody's making the trek to all these big time cities and uh, seeing wrestling again. No, I totally agree, man. I'm really excited that things are back to normal as you and I are recording. I just watched uh, SmackDown this past weekend and it was a, a house full and it was so much better with, mm-hmm. with fans. And uh, I'm planning to try to catch what I can of money in the bank tonight and even Monday night raw tomorrow. And I can't tell you the last time I watched a SmackDown and a raw. So this will be pretty fun. Yeah. I'm about the same, 
<laughs> same way as you too. It's I've been more watching the kind of the the, the small the smaller promotions, whether they're uh, like Impact last night. I tried catching a little bit of that, and uh, even Ring of Honor is really doing great with what they're the hand that they've been dealt. Uh, being in that ROH bubble there in Baltimore, uh, they've been putting out great stuff. Uh, so it's always great to see that the business is uh, doing well. The key to AFS. Um, what, how have you, what have you attributed that? You might touched on that brief, but has it been this is the team that you have, uh, whether it be with Evan and, and, uh, uh Josh, uh, and, and even Paul EB too, uh, what has the, been the key to the success over the last, uh, going on almost two years? Well, number one, I think you've got to have really great customer service. And I think that's what Evan brings. I mean, we, we try to make customer service priority. We try to put people over profits. So if one of our members, you know, has some sort of hardship or a bad month or some sort of situation going on, we try to take care of them there and accommodate them there. But really what we were looking to do is sort of replicate what already exists in my group chat on Twitter, which is a support system, you know, a wrestling community. And I feel like we've done that. And we've also tried to, you know, do the old give $200 worth of value and ask a hundred dollars type deal. You know, I feel like a lot of times wrestling Patreons and Lord knows we were guilty of that with the something to wrestle group. Once Bruce went back, we weren't able to not just exceed expectations. We weren't able to meet expectations. We had all these great plans and intentions, but then when Bruce went back, man, all of a sudden there was just no time. I mean, there's barely time to record the podcast. So there was no time for extra bonus stuff. And people were disappointed and, and I did not want to let that happen. I knew I could not let that happen. So we tried to make sure that, you know, we're overwhelming you with value. And so even from when we first launched ad free shows to now, as you said, we've added Kurt angle, we've added Jeff Jarrett, we've added Gerald Briscoe. We we've added, um, Mike Kyoto. We've added the blue Manny. We've added Joel Gertner on and on and on. we just continue to add stuff but there's been zero price change you know the conversations with conrad stuff was never promoted or advertised as being part of it and i mean we landed major interviews with jim hurd and jim crockett and we're still working on a couple of more you know right behind it so we're we're not we're not over promising and under delivering if, if that makes sense no it makes complete sense and like, like I mentioned before, it's just, I can't think of any other, uh, website, whether it be Patreon or whatever else that delivers everything that they promise, uh, because it's, it's sometimes because it's hard to do that sometimes, but, uh, you've talked and I, I've been a listener of a lot of your podcasts since pretty much since day one, going back all the way to something to wrestle with, uh, and a lot of your interviews that you've had with other individuals. And you've attributed a lot of your influence on guys like uh, like a Gary Vaynerchuk uh, or a Brian Tracy or something like that. How have you taken their advice or influence and applied it to the the mortgage your mortgage business or to AFS or what have you? Well, the only influence I think Gary V's probably had, uh, on, on what I do in business or personal, whatever, is just his approach to social media. And he had a book a few years ago and I'm probably going to butcher the name, but it was something like jab, 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 right hook. 
the concept being that you don't approach social media, just selling all the time. There's gotta be interaction. There's gotta be fun stuff. There's, it can't just be spam messages about you making money, but really Brian Tracy helped shape the way I thought about sales and the way I thought about goal setting and all of that stuff. And really it just boils down to psychology. You know, you, you have to make the sale in your mind before it can ever happen in reality. And you have to set these goals in your mind and then commit them to paper and then have a goal and get there. And, uh, Brian Tracy's psychology of selling was, was critical to my success as a salesperson, but I, I'm a guy who grew up listening to Zig Ziglar and, you know, Tom Hopkins and so many sales icons and motivational icons. And that really made me successful in sales. And it turns out that if you become a good salesperson, you'll probably not be bad at building a Patreon or, you know, selling dick pills or sugar-free cereal. Well, my, my son was nine years old and he definitely would not want to buy anything that's that doesn't have any type of sugar in it. Uh, that's for sure. He's like, dad, I got to get the, this, this berry stuff. I'm like, dude, there's like the crap ton of uh, sugar in it. I don't care. It tastes good. Yeah. All right. Whatever works for you, man. Well, I'll peel you off the ceiling later on. <laughs> but, uh, it, the thing that I've noticed over the time, whether it be with, with, with Tony show or Bruce's show, um, or Eric's show is you have that specific uh, niche, whether it be with, you know, WCW, WWE. Um, and it's something that I've taken, uh, from, from what you guys have done to what this show has done, try to find that niche on something that people want to, to listen to. If it's something that I want to listen to, then I want to do it. How did you find that specific niche? when you were thinking up these concepts for, for these shows? Uh, well, I mean, it's hard for me to say exactly, you know, I just look at really what I find it interesting and I consider myself the first listener. Uh, and that's not to say that I'm picking shows that I necessarily want to hear or only the topics that I want to hear. Uh, I'm trying to pick compelling topics and compelling and, and interesting topics and and I'm trying to really be the, the John Stockton to these guys, Carl Malone, you know, they've got stories to tell and how do I get them to ball and make it happen? So that's really sort of the idea, but what we're tr trying to figure out whenever we start a new show is, you know, what hasn't been covered? Where is there a hole in the market, so to speak? And I felt like, you know, with, with guys like Bruce Pritchard and guys like Tony Schiavone and guys like Jeff Jarrett, and perhaps even Eric Bischoff that. By and large, the wrestling community had already formed an opinion of these guys, and I didn't think it was all the way fair. So we've been able to sort of share their story with their, them adding context themselves. And it's, it's worked. Yeah. Because you see a lot between, well, what does it say between Eric and Bruce and, and Tony, there's just so much history there going back to, even with Eric going back to the AWA when he broke in to, uh, to Bruce with Houston wrestling to Tony with early NWA. It's just, I, I absolutely love what you guys are doing with, with Tony and the eight group year of 86. Uh, obviously Peacock's not really being nice to you about it, but you know, you're finding a way to, to, to get that out there. And it, it's just, I'm like, I'm loving it because that was, that was pre when I was watching, obviously, cause I was only about two years old <laughs> in 86. <clears throat> so it's just, 
there's not too many people out there that can do that watch along format with such gusto that they that you and Tony do. Well, it's also a matter of, you know, lots of people have broken down Jim Crockett promotions in 1986, but nobody was there. You know, they're usually fan driven podcasts. So the idea that you get to hear from Tony Schiavone and he gets to add context to it is pretty special. So we're, we've had a great time with it. We're going to keep it going next year. Next year be all about 1987. Yeah. I know there's a lot of uh, a handful of uh, old school, Loki, big hogs and top guys that have, that were at um, Baltimore a couple years ago, myself and uh, the Canadian one himself um, made the trek over to Baltimore for star- the last star cast. And uh, just the, uh, <laughs> the Tony, Tony Schiavone birthday party. I'm like, there wasn't so I didn't pop so many times with that. <laughs> it's like, un, it's unreal where it's you, like I said, you go back to that personalized experience where you, you take those experiences away forever. Yeah, it was a great time. You know, it was a pretty random idea, but I knew when we were doing a star cast and we were doing it, um, you know, around his birthday, it felt like a grand slam opportunity. And to my surprise, he was into it. And Jimmy's was, uh, very, very accommodating. And, and we decided, Hey, let's do a sort of a low key roast and don't, don't record it. So people can just be comfortable. And it was a great time. And even Lois did a run in too, which I think that that was probably the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> yeah. Nobody expected to see Lois there. That's for sure. Uh, a lot of the times, a lot of the listeners hear that, Hey, I'm recording with with Eric, like today you were recording with Eric at the top of the hour, you were recording with, uh, with Bruce, then so-and-so and so-and-so how have you, what's the key behind your time management? Because obviously between the shows and then the mortgage business, you don't, I'm surprised you have time to sleep. Uh, well, yeah, it's all just scheduling. You know, it's a matter of, uh, I have a really great support system and a support team. So we've got a research team and we've got graphics guys and video guys and social media guys. And so I have, I built a really, really great team. I can't take the credit, you know, all the credit. It feels like everybody wants to, you know, point the finger at me and say, man, look at what all Conrad did. No, it's really look at what all we did. And with that support system, I'm able to do it all. But uh, like this past week, I guess on uh, Thursday, I recorded three separate podcasts, one with Bruce one with Tony Schiavone and, uh, gosh, who was the next one? So I did three Jeff Jarrett. And then on Friday, uh, I did uh, Kurt angle, Bruce Pritchard and Arn Anderson. And uh, when you and I finish up here in a little bit, I'll record Eric Bischoff. I'll have a, a three hour break. Um, somewhere in there, I'm going to eat lunch with the wife and get a haircut. And then I'll have another three hour session with Tony Schiavone. And then tomorrow I'll start the morning with, uh, Jim Ross, and then I'll do, um, Jeff Jarrett and then Arn Anderson, and then I'll go to the office. So I'm going to start my Monday morning with three back-to-back recordings with the hope that a little after lunch, I'll be able to scoot into the office, but I'm trying to front load the week because I've got four people coming in from out of town on Wednesday and Thursday. I guess one on Tuesday. So I, I know that I'm going to have to be entertaining 
and I'm going to have to, uh, you know, cart people around and take them to lunch or take them to dinner or you know, have meetings offsite away from the office, what have you. So I'm trying to just, you know, figure out what my week looks like and then get these guys scheduled where I can. And it's more challenging now, maybe because AEW is not putting shows in the can. They're back live every week and on the road. So there's a lot of travel involved. So it's not like uh, JR is waking up in his own bed in Jacksonville every day. So I've got to either front load those or do them when they come back off of the road. And obviously with Bruce, you know, you're really just, you're at the mercy of the WWE, you know, this past week, we said we were going to try to record on Sunday night. Didn't happen. Then we said we would record Tuesday morning. Didn't happen. Then we said Tuesday afternoon. Didn't happen. Uh, then we said Wednesday morning. Didn't happen. Uh, we tried Wednesday afternoon. Didn't happen Thursday morning. It happened, but an hour later. So Bruce is really the only challenge at this point, everything else I've gotten a bit of a rhythm. Yeah. With, uh, whether it be a wrestling fandom or whether it be with podcasting, what have you, the passion always has to be there. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's showing, um, with with everything from AFS, uh, how, how have you been able to keep that, that passion alive to keep that drive to go with podcasting? Cause I know it, with me personally, sometimes it's hard cause you get a lot of other contributing factors, um, personal life or professional life or what have you. Um, how have you been able to keep that passion that drive all these years, uh, with these shows? You know, again, it's, it's one of those things where if you, if you really love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life type deal. And this is not, I mean, I'm getting paid to do this. I'm getting paid to, to talk to my wrestling heroes and crack jokes and learn new information and listen to stories. And yeah, man, there's, there's not a better situation for me than doing these podcasts. Yeah. Cause it, it, whether you take breaks where I try not to, you know, some people even come to me and ask, Hey, what's, how do I do this? I said, sometimes you need to stay step back and see what's really, what you really want to accomplish with everything. Uh, because when it's not fun anymore and you're not enjoying it, maybe it's time to step back a little bit, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I get that if this is a, uh, you know, just a passion project or, or more of a hobby, but at this point, this is a real job and this is a real career and I have real, you know, folks who are, who are counting on me. You know, this is a substantial income for everyone that I broadcast with, and we have separate LLC set up for every single show. So, you know, the Lundy family and the Angle family and the Jarrett family and the Shivani family, et cetera, et cetera, are expecting, you know, these things to be successful and, and not just creatively and, and not just critically, but financially. And I've got a saying around the office, if you want me to do it, tie some money to it. These have become businesses. And, and not only that, if I'm honest with you, the, the primary reason that we, you know, do these podcasts is, is to do mortgages. You know, we have a whole, you know, a branch of our, uh, we have over a hundred mortgage branches, but we have one branch that really just, just works the mortgage leads from the wrestling podcast. So there's, I don't know, three dozen people there who are really counting on that. Uh, plus at least, I don't know. 20 people on the podcast side. So there's about 50 folks who are feeding their families off of these podcasts. 
So there's not a scenario where I could say, man, I'm just burned out. I can't do it. Uh, but I do have a really great support system where, you know, I haven't been able to step away from a microphone for seven days and not record anything until a few weeks ago. And we had Polly Bromwell step up and, and he really is the heir apparent to all that I'm doing. And he did a great job. You know, he was able to fill in the gaps on four or five different recordings for me. And I, I was able to take a real vacation and not do anything mortgage related, not do anything podcast related. And I came back ready to hit the ground running and he's still my number two. So it's great to have a pinch hitter when you need one. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he's a great, 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 absolutely great guy. I, I've talked to him on a regular basis, just from just bounce ideas off of him for, for this show and say, Hey, just keep on doing what you're doing, man. It's absolutely fantastic. What you're doing with, uh, the, like you said, pinch hitting, uh, and it just couldn't have been the nicest guy. One of those genuinely nice guys that you don't see too many, <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes in the, in the podcast world, the, you've kind of like ducktailed, like you mentioned with between more your mortgage business and the podcasting. Was that the, uh, I don't want to say intention, but was that the plan all along to kind of just piggyback off each other or. Yes. Yeah. From the very beginning, you know, I, I've advertised my mortgage company on local radio and TV for well over a decade. And, you know, we would pretty routinely spend uh, over well, into the six figures a month just to advertise in, in Nashville and in Huntsville and Chattanooga. So to be able to now advertise on a national platform and there not be any dollars attached to it. And in fact, I'm getting paid to do so was a home run. Uh, so uh, soon I would say maybe three weeks into my, my episodes with Ric Flair, it dawned on me what an opportunity this was. So I went to work sort of shoring up my back end to make sure that we had the right processing and the right underwriting and the right licensing to uh, sort of set up shop in all 50 States. And we're about 46 States deep now. And yeah, I mean, I found a way to dovetail my passion with my career and it's worked. Yeah. Cause I've, uh, to use a term from Mr. Bischoff, uh, Google the internet uh, to see a lot of uh, a lot of your branches over the country. Uh, and I believe, I think they're here in the Northeast. I don't think you're up here in New York, right? We're not in New York yet. No, we have a pending application yeah. there. Your state banking commission, uh, they're not in a hurry, shall we say. So hmm. we were told, you know, very early on, that it would be at least a year before they would look at it. And yeah, it's been quite a process to get licensed in New York, but we're still there. Still got a pending application, still working on it, not giving up, but it's, uh, it's a little more challenging than some of the other States for sure. Yeah. I think New York's pretty much in that different category of itself. I grew, I've, I've grown up in New York my whole life. I, I'm from outside of Buffalo and then now I'm here in Rochester. So, yeah, unfortunately I've seen it my, <laughs> my whole life with a lot of different, uh, aspects of it. <clears throat> Excuse me at the top of the show, we've, we talked about, uh, all the additions that you've had to this, to the show since we've last spoke, uh, who's been kind of, kind of your surprise. It's like, Hey, I knew this guy was going to be hot, but I didn't think it was going to be this hot. Uh, I mean, the Bruce Pritchard thing exceeded all expectations that anybody could have ever had. But, uh, I mean, outside of that, you know, once I, I really figured out what fans like me were interested in listening to, I can't say that anybody's really surprised me. I knew that 
the narrative would change on Tony Schiavone and I knew the narrative would change on Jeff Jarrett and it has, I, I am, I am a little excited to see how fans have really embraced Arn talking about the old territory days. I wasn't sure that that would be a hit, but it is. Yeah. Cause you get to even piggyback what I've done anyways, has gone back and try to find a lot of his older, like the stuff that he's been talking about. And just gone back and watched it even previous to listen to the episode. So I have some sort of uh, background to it because that was clearly it was before my time when he broke in. But uh, it, like he's been all this one of those go to's uh, where you get those stories and then you get the stories on top of the stories and you just kind of sit back and hey, there you go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. And uh, let's talk about this kind of thing. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun to, uh, to see that show grow and, and, and everybody get more comfortable. And even with, uh, what Paulie's doing with, with Mike Kyoto on uh, Monday mailbags is I've always liked to hear that third view on things in the ring where you get the two competitors or the group or what have you. And you normally don't see that different view on things. And even with that, it's like, you ask one question and he goes off for, 10, 15 minutes on that topic. And I just, you get a lot of gold from those, those types of shows. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, you never know when we, uh, when we sit down and click record, what direction the show's going to go. I mean, I have my idea of what I think we're going to talk about, but really it's up to them. And I don't, I never know what stories they have waiting for us. So I consider myself really like the first listener. So, uh, uh the listeners, the viewers of the shows know that you've had, you've had a huge collection of wrestling memorabilia, robes, belts, anything. What have, uh, what has been your couple of your new additions to the collection that most people, they don't know about? Well, I I don't know that I would say don't know about, I mean, um, I've had a good year so far. I managed to get a, um, let me turn around here. I got, uh, obviously the black and white butterfly robe in January. I managed to land Ric Flair's, uh, WCW world title, uh, which was, uh, the same one that Vader and Luger and Ron Simmons and sting and all those guys held. I also picked up, uh, the TV title from WCW that Steve Austin and Mr. Wonderful and Mr. Regal and all those guys held. I snagged the, uh, mid Atlantic United States championship. That was really synonymous with Magnum TA and Ricky Steamboat and Roddy Piper and a lot of folks. Uh, I got a mid nineties WWF intercontinental that was held by razor Ramon and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, last year I got a 1997 tag belt from the WWF that was held by Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin, Owen and Davey LOD, all those guys. I got the, uh, gold dust and Ahmed Johnson gold intercontinental. I got the smoking skull belt that was made famous, of course, by stone cold, Steve Austin last year, or maybe it was year before I got the big Eagle from WrestleMania 17. Okay. Uh, I got John Cena's last WWF belt. I guess nobody knows about that. Uh, and I got the Miz intercontinental belt. Uh, I got a Wahoo headdress. I got, uh, Vader's last mask, Vader's last boots. I got a actual slammy from 1987. Uh, I got, um, so look around the room here. 
Oh, I got a turnbuckle from WrestleMania five. I got the logo plate from the hardcore championship. And I got uh, Ray Mysterio's Spider-Man mask. So I guess that's probably the last 18 months, 24 months. So I've had a good little ruin. Yeah. Well, I, I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the, uh, the Spider-Man mask that was, was that from, uh, was that Halloween Havoc or no, that wasn't Halloween Havoc. That was, uh, it's early WCW pay-per-views. I forget yeah. which ones, but, uh, I, I think maybe uh, Hogwild and, um, yeah. world war three but it was using video games and a few other things, but, uh, it's, it's, it's decent. Glad to have it. Oh yeah. Have you, uh, thought about like even expanding it to, I know your, uh, one of your goals that I've, I've heard from other shows that you've done is, uh, I, I don't think it's possible cause they want to, they want to keep that down is buying a Heisman trophy. Uh, if no, you, I've loved that idea. You know, once I got the big old belt in 2013, I started to think about what other major, you know, opportunities there were out there for sports collectibles and the Heisman trophy was, was number one. Uh, but at the time when I started to look, I realized that they had changed the laws and, you know, there was an actual cutoff year to when you could or couldn't do that. And around that same time, there had been information published online. Someone did an article about the ones that had sold at auction. And, and, and I think there were examples that sold, you know, in the hundreds of thousands. And I'm just, I'm not going to spend 200 grand on a trophy. So, especially if it's, it's for a guy that was sort of predating my fandom, you know, that's not to say that I ever want to buy any, I guess, but 200 grand is such a, it's such an astronomical sum to spend on something to just sit on a shelf. So I, I can't bring myself to do that, especially when it's not somebody that I was just a super fan for. And I'm not, I could go get a replica of, of the, uh, Heisman trophies. They sell those pretty regularly and routinely, and you can get those rather affordably and it might look cool in a man cave, but if it's not the real deal, it's just not as fun. So like, I've got some, you know, fight worn boxing gloves from Roy Jones jr. And, and stuff like that you know, I've got other real nice stuff from the sports world, but the, the Heisman trophy is something that I just, I've sort of scratched off the list as being out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. I've always been, uh, talking to a bunch of the top guys. Uh, a lot of them have been the belt collectors, not to the, to the level, to the level of yourself or uh, a lot of the other guys in the group chat. But, uh, you know, as you look behind me, like I'll, I'll stick with these figures behind me and eventually get one of, one of those uh one of those replicas or what have you to hang on the uh, the wall behind me but uh, it's just one of those things where it's you bring yourself back to the nostalgic feeling going back to the wcw or wwf days and really taking you back to you know for me anyways when i was my son's age when i started watching yeah man it's uh it you know the collecting hobby is something i'll never grow out of for sure but you know, I, I just have to ascertain, you know, what's real and what's easy and, and what's not. And then you go back to the old story that you had when you were trying to get, I, be, I forgot which, which belt it was that you dealt with uh, war uh, ultimate warrior with, was that the uh, IC or is that the heavyweight? We had a deal in place to buy the world heavyweight title yeah, and to buy the intercontinental. So both of the WrestleMania six belts, mm. 
and come to find out that, uh, that wasn't possible, even though he had been negotiating in good faith, supposedly, because, uh, he had already sold them. And I didn't know that until I reached out to, uh, Dave Milliken, uh, esteemed belt maker. And he said, well, is he trying to sell you this one? And he sent me the exact same pictures that warrior sent me. And I said, how did you get that? And he said, oh, the private collector who bought it years ago, sent it to me when he bought it from warrior. And I'm like, wait, he already sold that. And then he sent me a picture of that belt sitting on a guy's shelf. And he said, yeah, here's its final resting place, I guess, LOL. (laughs) And (laughs) I was a little disappointed because I mean, we had a plan set up for a monumental sum. It would have been the largest, most expensive purchase I'd ever made besides a house and and a Bentley car. Uh, and it didn't work out because I realized, oh, I'm being scammed, but he wanted me to meet him in an airport with a duffel bag of cash. And I wanted uh, Dave Milliken to tag along and authenticate the belts because I didn't want to get ripped off. And it turns out I'm glad I did because well, Mr. Helwig planned to rip me off. Yeah. Not, nothing says, uh, <laughs> nothing says, Hey, this might be a little fishier than going in an airport with a duffel bag of cash. So, right. Uh, yeah. Mr. Milliken there, I worked with him, uh, there at that Starcast in Baltimore with his, uh, I, the number of belts that he has is un, unreal. Uh, just going, like I said, going back to those days of nostalgic, whether you're, you can hold the big gold, you hold the, uh, winged Eagle, you hold the ECW title or the TV. It's like, just to see, not even so much for myself, but seeing a lot of the, the guys and gals coming by and just looking at them and you just, you could just see that they're on cloud nine. Yeah, man. It's, it's one of the highlights of Starcast to me is, you know, I became such a belt nerd in 2013. We used to have get togethers here at the house and, uh, a lot of my quote unquote wrestling friends would come from all over the country and everybody would bring their belts and we would lay them out on the pool table or whatever. And, uh, it was just fun to sort of play with these old wrestling artifacts and talk about the favorite matches and moments in history and Unfortunately, you know, uh, I've gotten a little busier, so we haven't been doing many of those get together sort of deals, but Starcast became the ultimate get together for everybody. And I thought what better way to sort of kick that off than to make sure that those belts were there for everybody to see and enjoy. No, definitely. I think one of the ones that, uh, I want to say it was, uh, the one that he had was the mid South heavyweight. And I, I tried to lift it. I'm like, holy crap, this sucker is heavy as hell. Oh, the North American. Yeah. North American, yeah, yeah, And I'm like, this is just a, just a thing of the lineage that the title is, must have seen. And I, and I think that's what, uh, I, obviously, I can't speak for yourself or anybody else that collects, but I think that's one of the main contributors on, you know, that fandom and why you become a belt collector. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, is there anything out there that you don't have on your shelf or in storage or displayed or what have you that you really are? Hey, I want to get this, this belt or that belt. Oh yeah. I mean, still, I would love to have a ring used winged Eagle. The one I have now has uh ring used leather, but no, new plates on it. I would love to have a, a fully decked out dual plated ring used winged Eagle and dual plated means it would have been held by Hogan Savage or warrior. And that's it. Uh, but that to me is like the prime winged Eagle championship. I mean, that, that is the belt I grew up on. I'm glad to have the one I have now, but Lord, I'd love to have you know that one. And of course the red NWA TV, you know, I've got a set of the, uh, I've got what I would consider the Crockett tag belts, 
and I've got the United States and I've got the big gold, but I need the TV belt and I can't find that red NWA TV anywhere. So still looking for that. And I would love to have, um, one of the old tag belts from like the demolition era, the, um, the brain buster era. I think that would be awesome. And a WCW tag belt, you know, those iconic ones that I think one was missing a side plate. I'm thinking like cactus Jack, Harlem heat outsiders. That would be really, really cool. And the ECW TV eludes me, you know, I have the first ECW world belt and the last one, but I'd love to have a TV. Uh, I had conversations with the Dudley boys about their tag belts, but I don't think that's in the cards. So the search continues, man. Yeah. I'm always looking for a few more, you know, if I'm honest with you, I really kicked it into overdrive because when I redid my, my studio here with the idea that this would be my new video backdrop, I got a series or a set of really nice bookcases to put behind me. And I wanted to have a belt on every shelf. So I got busy just trying to fill the shelf. And now, you know, as I'm getting closer and closer, it's becoming more and more difficult, uh, to, uh, to, to find something to slot in there, but I'm not sure how long I'll keep this set up or, or really at this point, how much longer I'll even be in this house. So maybe some of my, my chase will subside because if I didn't have this big bookcase, I don't know where I would even display that stuff. You know, it becomes a matter of when I first started collecting, I was just trying to get everything I could get my hands on. But then once you get the stuff, then it becomes a matter of, well, Hey, now that you got it, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, that's really the way I felt about the first Ric Flair robe. It was such a, a dream to have one. But then when I got it, I thought, well, how do you display something like this? What do you do with this? Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, I, I started to just overwhelm the house. The garage was decked out and the little home gym was decked out and the man cave was decked out and the studio was decked out. But then that sort of gets old and, and you just redecorate and consolidate it down to one room and really get the stuff that you're really excited about having. And I'm really proud of the way the studio looks. I think it's one of the better podcast studios around in terms of the way it looks from a wrestling standpoint, but you know, when, once the shelves are full, I'm probably gonna, gonna slow it down, gonna pack it in. Yeah, you can make a whole, as what, what Bruce Pritchard used to say, you could have the whole Conrad Thompson wing of memorabilia and have uh, a whole wing decked out to, uh, <laughs> to to all your stuff at the Conradis in there. Yeah, and, and we kind of do, you know, with the studio, it's it's wall to wall. But again, if, if I'm not using this room as a studio, I don't know where it would be. I mean, this makes sense for what I'm doing right now, but if that ever changes, then... Maybe I'll look at some of this stuff a little differently. I mean, I know this for sure. A lot of this stuff can come and go and, 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 I, and I'd be okay. It was cool to chase it down, but really that's, if you're a collector, you know what I mean? You've got that collector brain. The chase is where it's at. And even if I decided one day to say, you know what, I'm tired of looking at all this, or you look at it and you say, uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, I, I, the only two things I would not let go of are the black and white butterfly robe and the big gold belt. But outside of that, I'm not really emotionally invested or attached to most of this stuff. So it looks cool as a backdrop. It's a, a fortunately for me, it's a great tax write-off and that, you know, that's it. Yeah. One of the, uh, many shows that I really have been digging with AFS, uh, has been, you brought up the chase is the title chase that you've been doing with all all the stuff that you have behind you there. And is that, is that still in the works? I know you did a couple. Uh, I know you did the IC with uh, um, the uh, Savage. We will call it the Savage belt. And then you did the 
couple other ones. Is that still in the works for AFS or? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not dead. We're still going to continue to do it. We, um, we've had to reshuffle some of the, uh, the players who were involved, but we've got a great guy who, uh, markets himself online as hazard F five. He is a, a belt guru and we're going to continue to, uh, to do the series. It's probably going to continue without me doing the voiceovers. And that's been a challenge, but we're figuring that piece out. There's only so many hours in the day and as the mortgage business has continued to grow and I've continued to expand my footprint with weekly shows, it's becoming harder and harder to carve off time. And I've been working on something behind the scenes. That's pretty big. That's consuming a lot of my time that we're not ready to, you know, press the button on just yet, but no title chase will continue. I, I love that sort of how it's made feel. And I feel like we set the groundwork up with, uh, you know, so far we did a tag belt, uh, that from 97 and we did the uh, macho man intercontinental and we did the, uh, the big Eagle. And I mean, we, we've, we've got several in the can, but we're looking forward to doing several more. Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, you hit that nostalgic feels with a lot of, not just on myself, but a lot of the guys and gals on, uh, an AFS there. Uh, another project that we've seen you do is, uh, the dark side of the ring, uh, with Evan and Jason there. What's, uh, I, they're coming up on their four season, correct? Well, no, this will be the second half of the third season. Second so, half of the third season. Okay. Yeah. So they did, they did a handful of episodes, took a break, and then they're going to bring it back and, and finish out, um, the rest of the season. And, and there's at least one story in there that I was not familiar with bruiser bedlam and my goodness, what a story he is. I, I got a screener of that and I can't wait for people to see it, but I think they're going to be doing uh, a lot of interesting topics in mm. the rest of this season. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Even with you have that more in depth behind the podcast kind of thing, or uh, you have there on AF, we're here on AFS, but uh, it, that's been kind of like the one of the goats of uh, document or documentaries that you see on TV now. Is you didn't, I didn't think it would be as popular as it actually was because you get, like I said, you hit that nostalgic feel with this show. Yeah. Those guys do a great job. I, I think you could argue that it's the best, uh, the best of its sort ever, you know, not just currently, but of all time and, and they're continuing to crank it out. I don't know how long they can keep this going at such a high pace and a high level, but you know, they, they don't, they don't, uh, as we say in the South, they're not half stepping on anything, man. They're doing a great job and I'm excited to have their friendship and the association and look forward to, uh, what this thing does as we move forward with, Hopefully, you know, season four and season five and, and on into it. Yeah. Cause I think the options out there are unlimited and what they could possibly do and the stuff they could cover and to what extent, and obviously as well. Yeah, it should be great, man. We're really excited to see, you know, how the, the show continues to thrive. You know, it's set a lot of records for vice and they seem happy with it. And, and so much so that they've essentially ripped the format off for football, but that's a big swing and a miss. So if you're a dark side of the ring fan, uh, and I don't work for vice, so I can speak freely. Uh, let me go ahead and tell you, skip the football. It's not nearly as good as the wrestling. Well, you can skip the football unless it's Alabama, right? Well, I just mean in terms of dark side of football. Oh, dark side of football. Okay. Okay. Terrible. <laughs> but yeah, actual football. No, I, 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 I think I like football as much or more than I like wrestling. So I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get on here and be silly now. 
Yeah, I was uh, during the draft. I was really looking forward to having. I think it was Najee become a uh, Buffalo Bill, but he got went to uh, Pittsburgh right before <laughs> the Bills came up on the clock last uh, this past spring. So I was really looking forward to having him on the team, but unfortunately, that didn't uh, really pan out. Yeah, listen, it's going to be a fun football season this year, man. There's been lots of moving parts in the off season. I'm excited to see what the Jaguars are doing this year, and so many other teams, this is going to be a fun and I, and I think, you know, just things being more back to normal, uh, this is going to be a great season. Yeah. So before we, you know, close shop up to for uh, this episode, I just wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule. I know it's like we said, it's, <laughs> it's very, very far and few in between that you have a couple, you have an hour to sit down and chat. So I appreciate that. No, thanks for accommodating my schedule, man. I know I had you out here doing it early, but this is what I needed to do to make it happen, but I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And it, it works when I, I got a dog and a cat waking me up at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. Hey, I want to eat. So I was up fairly early pounding coffee like uh, Eric Bischoff usually does with his uh, with 83 weeks. So, uh, but lastly, just what, uh, what's something that you tell a new podcaster uh, or an existing podcaster to help grow their show to get to that next, the next level, man, that's hard to say, you know, I get questions like this a lot, but I mean, I would think, you know, you, you need to understand that the preparation and the success of your podcast doesn't necessarily happen when you click record, it, it happens when you're preparing, you know, so I'm about to do a show with uh, Eric Bischoff on, on Paul Orndorff. We've got about 15 pages worth of notes. I'm not saying we're going to use every single note that's on there, but I'm ready wherever the conversation may take us. I'm ready. Uh, but also too, uh, I started all of these podcasts with a real business plan in mind. And you know, that old saying I was sort of joking about earlier, if you want me to do it, toss some money to it, that's real. We have to hit those milestones and we have to run this thing like a business. And, and that means you got to be prepared. And then most importantly, understand that you're not making content just to have fun. You know, you're, you're trying to make content that's fun for the listener. So it's not about you. It's about them. And when you can really start to figure out, not necessarily what do I want to hear, but what do they want to hear? And you're, you're really serious in your preparation and you have a real business plan of how you're going to monetize this thing and really grow it. It'll work. You know, I, I, I did a podcast for months, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Over a year, $0 just learning, trying, practicing, getting better, but also too, you've got to be able to just put yourself out there. You know, if you're just going to wait until, if we're going to wait until all the lights are green, we'll never go to town. That's an old Zig Ziglar story. You just got to start doing. So a lot of times I, I hear from people and they want to know, how do you get started? And I always say the same thing. Just start doing stuff. I know that sounds silly, but you just got to put yourself out there and just start doing stuff and you'll get better, but you go listen to my early podcasts and you listen to what we're doing now. And they do not sound the same. They evolved. They got better. And so do all of us as humans. Yeah. That's something that I've, you know, a lot, some individuals have came to me and said, Hey, and your show has really evolved since, since you started a couple of years ago. And I'm like, man, I just, I, I get the aspect of saying, Hey, I don't, have to record i get to record whether it be with justin on their main show or whether it be talking to individuals like yourself or other guys that i've had on the show but uh it's just this you upgrade 
an upgrade, an upgrade, whether it be equipment or whether it be material or what have you. So um, it just tried, try to make it, uh, try to make it as big as possible. Yes, sir. And listen, you've done a great job today. Greatly appreciate you having me on and uh, looking forward to doing more stuff together in the future. Amen. I look forward to what you guys got coming up. Thanks, man. No, thank you, sir.